Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited because today we have a guest on with us, Dr. Jim Ellis. If you have ever followed me on Instagram, you will know him simply because he's the toothpaste doctor. He's the one who has the gut health toothpaste that I fell in love with. And funny enough, I only fell in love with it because he sent me a cold message, my friends. He saw my account and noticed that we had some like interests of gut health and wanted to know if I would look into checking out his toothpaste. And of course, I was like, can I buy 12 of them? (laughs) Which I regularly do now because even my kids will not use Colgate or Crest anymore. They don't like the taste of it. So Jim, you have done your duty in the Gibson House of Chaos. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your background and all that. Well, first of all, Emily, you have some of the smartest kids I've ever, I was going to say <laughs> met, but not met, but you have some of the smartest kids apparently out there. So that is that is awesome. Good for them. Um, well, I... Uh, I've been a dentist for about 20 years and, uh, I, I love, I love my profession. It's, it's a very rare thing that, that people love what they do. Um, and, and so that's, and, and that will fit just, you know, right in with what we're talking about today, but it's a very rare thing that people can wake up and actually be excited about what they do. But I do, I love, I love what I do. And over the years, as I was, um, at first when I, w- when I was a dentist, I was, I was trying to, um, just fix teeth, you know, just, just be a mechanic. You bring in something broken, I'll fix it. Um, but as the years went by, I got really interested in, um, prevention, really interested in why are things breaking and let's help people, you know, in a bigger picture sort of way. And, uh, I I started looking for, uh, products that, uh, that I could send my patients to, because when you go to the dentist, when anybody goes to the dentist, they, you know, ask, well, what would you recommend for a toothbrush, for a toothpaste, for floss, whatever. And I was trying to send them places that, that had good quality, awesome stuff. And I wasn't finding it. I just wasn't finding it. And, and so I, I, I decided to go out and, and do some other things with oral care that weren't just in my office. Anyway, uh, I, I, I have been married 25 years for the love to the love of my life. I have five children. I am a dentist and love what I do. And now I have started a an oral care company on the side. And and life is good. Life is just real good. That's awesome to hear. It's so fun to find someone that loves root healing as much as I do. Because, like you said, when you start looking at why things are breaking. That's when things get really exciting, in my opinion, because we're not just trying to put band-aids on things and sell a product that has no meaning. When you really care about getting to the root cause, that's when you start to change people's lives, right? I mean, it's, it's what first attracted me to network marketing. I felt like I found root healing through gut health. 
and then had to share about it. And then through my life coaching interests, I found a way that got to root healing of my thoughts and what was preventing me from enjoying the businesses that I had created. So it's fun to be like-minded together in that regard. Well, and that's one of the, when, when you talk about network marketing, when you talk about that, you, you know, there's always, there's always that, you know, taboo kind of thing to it, but it's, it's like, you know, if, if you buy a product from someone that you can talk to, you buy a product from someone who, who you can actually just call and say, Hey, you know, why is this ingredient in here and learn about it and say, Oh, okay. Well, then that makes sense. And you, you know, you can, you can be in charge of kind of being in charge of your products and the things you're putting in your body. You buy something from a store. For some reason, people feel much more comfortable buying something from a store than their friend, which has always been weird to me. But if, you know, you buy something from a store, you can't call Colgate. You can't call, you know, Procter and Gamble. You can't say, Hey, you know, I, this, this product is of a concern to me. Can you help me out with it? Or can you steer me in a different direction? They don't care. Yeah, I mean, what, people some- don't, what people don't understand is that when you buy a product from someone who does network marketing or is in a social selling MLM company, you're getting a VIP experience for free. Yes. Because yes. network marketers are some of the most generous people with their time that I have ever met. Most mm-hmm. people wouldn't give away their knowledge like we do as an industry, but it attracts people who are very generous in that way. So like you, I've never really understood why people hate it so much because they'll go buy something from an Instagram influencer or Target or Walmart that's a lesser quality product with no instruction manual attached. Like you said, you can't, there's no personal touch. You can't call and ask about what it is or how it works. But man, you message your friend from high school that's selling shampoo and she's going to tell you on a cellular level how that's going to be great for your hair follicles. And I just love that type of buying experience. Absolutely. And, and, and you have to go into it just, just with that mindset. And if we could buy everything from people we knew and people we loved, then, you know, why not? You know, why, why wouldn't we, you know, the, the old, the old adage of, you know, well, it's, it's a pyramid scheme. Well, so is everything. Right? Yes. I mean, the, the CEO, the CEO of Procter and Gamble is the top of the pyramid and he has six vice presidents and there's, a hundred sub vice presidents and, you know, just on and on and on. So everything works, works that way. And why people would trust a nameless, faceless billion dollar corporation. That's probably manufacturing all of their stuff overseas. Not that that's bad. I mean, people overseas need jobs too, but you know what I mean? Uh, Would, would trust a, would trust, you know, a company like that versus your next door neighbor or your sister or your brother, you know, why they would trust the company more than the individual. It's just never made sense to me. Well, and this is actually interesting to think about because the foundation of American society and American entrepreneurship actually began by buying things 
from only people that you knew, right? Back in the 1800s, you would go to the shoe, the horseshoe guy on Main Street because he was the only one and you've known him in your family for 20 years. And then the town doctor delivered your mom and then you, and then now your babies, everything was very personalized. And as our society and economy has grown so that we're buying things from across the world in many situations, which is just incredible, but it's not normal anymore to buy things from people that you know, or it's not that it's not normal. It's not as common. It's more common for you to buy things from strangers. It's been normalized to buy things from a stranger. And it's almost like network marketing is bringing people back around to that. So, so true. It, it just, and, and that's one of the things, and I might, you know, my company is still a small company and it's, it's not, it's, I, I don't think that, you know, we'll ever move to multi-level marketing levels. I mean, it's hard to say that because there's already people that are suggesting it. it's just happening organically, but it's like in, in for, with my company on my website, I have my dental office phone number. Like you have a question about any of the products, you call me, my receptionist says, hello, Dr. Jim Ellis. Oh yeah. Well, let me see if he's available. And I actually pick up the phone. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, and I, I find that I do that because I find it to be refreshing when I can get that service from other people. And you're right. You know, you watch an episode of little house in the prairie. I'm really dating myself, but yeah, (laughs) you're, you're going to go to the doctor, you know, if somebody rolled into town one day and, and put up a sign that, you know, just said, you know, we deliver babies.com, obviously dating the, the situation, but you wouldn't go to that person. You'd go to the guy that, del- like you said, delivered your mother. Yes. And I really yeah. feel like this personalization in business is actually coming back around in popularity because it's impossible to even get a company to return an email anymore let alone a phone call, right? So getting getting big companies to return emails is definitely difficult. It is. (laughs) Okay. Now, when we were talking about, you're going to hear my little boy sharpen a pencil here, everyone. So this is real life on an afternoon in the Gibson house of chaos. And I don't think that this is anything that my editor, Julian, is ever going to be able to edit out. So we're just going to go ahead and excuse Dean to leave the office, get your stuff yeah, and you go, know, kiddo. But you know, but you know what? Sharpening, if you're if you're a young kid and you're sharpening a pencil rather than picking up a video game controller, congrats to him. Leave the pencil sharpening in the episode. I'm so good. proud of my independent children because <laughs> it just goes to show that they are gonna be able to do things on their own. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of being a small business owner like you are, like I am, like we all are listening to this podcast and how sometimes when you are selling something that you have near and dear to your heart, whether it's the toothpaste that you created or the bamboo toothbrushes or the flossers that my kids love, all those things you are selling it and you're hoping that someone is going to buy it and that you're going to receive payment for that, just like I am with my network marketing products. And when I was new to this industry, I remember getting a little bit weird 
when I would talk to people about it. So you and I were discussing before we started hitting record on the podcast here about how human beings do this, especially in network marketing, but really across the board in small business. Some people just act a little bit funny when they're trying to sell something. Have you ever experienced this in your career? Oh my goodness. It, let, let's say, let's say, you know, let's say you sit down on a flight. Let's say you're, you're going somewhere and you're on vacation with the family, but you're the odd man out on the road. So you have to sit one row back with some stranger, you know, and you say, Hey, you know, how's it going? You know, what, what are you, what are you doing on this plane? Well, I, you know, I, I sell, I sell whiteboards to elementary schools. And so I'm heading out to LA to, to do a presentation. Well, that that's just that's just what that individual's doing. That individual's just being honest and just telling you what they do. You can tell that he wasn't trying to sell you on anything. He's just he's just conversing with you. It's just his life. He's a whiteboard salesman, you know. And and so you can tell it's just it's just honest and straight up. And there's and so you you actually are kind of interested. You're like, wow, how long you've been doing that? But on the converse. If you sit down next to somebody, you're like, hey, what are you doing and why are you on this plane? Well, actually, you know, and if, if you'd like some more information, I, you know, I can be, I can give it to you. Um, I, I sell whiteboards to people, you know, and, and, and you can just tell that it's like stiff and forced and, oh my gosh, okay, I want to put in my headphones or sleep on my pillow and get away <laughs> from this person as quickly as possible. Please get them to stop talking to me now. They're trying to sell me something so awkward. Yeah. So the, so the point is just internalize it. Just if you believe in something, if you have believed in something well enough or strongly enough to create a business, then just make it part of who you are. Just make it part of the person you, you are. And when somebody says, Hey, how was your weekend? You say, Oh, it was fantastic. I went out to this new Italian restaurant, tried the lasagna, it was great. I saw the new Top Gun movie for the 82nd time. I'm singling you out here, Emily. Um, <laughs> and and I, I had this meeting with a couple of friends and we, we discussed, you know, whiteboards, you know, because that's my business. So that was that was how my weekend went. And just just believe it enough that it just becomes part of you and you just talk about it because people can tell when it's just who you are and people can tell when you're trying to, to make a dime, trying to, well, and getting nervous about selling to them. And this is something that I teach all the time, right? Humans are experts at reading other humans. Yeah. And as humans, we take action from how we feel and our thoughts create our feelings. So if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I want to get this person to buy my product and I don't know what to say, then you're going to feel insecure. And from insecurity, you're going to behave weird. And then Mm -hmm. you're going to make someone feel like you're trying to sell them something and you're stumbling over your words and you don't really know what to say. And now you've created this awkward situation and they don't want to sit by you anymore. (laughs) And and sometimes, you know, just less is more. I mean, if, if I was, if I was sitting at a restaurant, you know, with somebody and they pulled out this tall, skinny, you know, bottle with, with stuff in it. And I'm like, Whoa, you know, you just pull that out of your bag. What is that? And they said, Oh, it's, it's just this drink I have, you know, it really helps with my gut health. And they put it aside and they start talking about something else. That's almost like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, 
well, my I my wife hasn't got issued. What, Tell what me is more. That? Yeah. Yes. But if you pull something out and like, hey, what is that? And you're like, <clears throat> okay, here's the deal. Okay. You get three of your people together. And I'm like, oh gosh, no, what? Check, please, you know, please. So <laughs> no. So I was just, interested just, until you did it that way. Yes. So don't be weird. I know that's not very be, scientific advice. But what it's would just, be like, tell us a way you have a patient in the chair, you're cleaning their teeth and you notice that they have a need for your bamboo toothbrush, the soft bristle one. How do you say to them in a way that's very natural, you need to buy this before you leave my office today? I get them to admit that they have a problem in the first place. How do you do and that? Once, well, in well, in my office, I have a I have a, an interoral digital camera, and I will show them where they have gum recession. I will take a picture uh, with this little camera, and it pops up on the the, the monitor in the office. And so something that is, you know, maybe a half an inch in the mouth becomes the size of the monitor. And I say, oh, have you ever noticed that gum recession before? 95 times out of 100, the answer is yes. Have you ever noticed that that one gum right there is lower than on the rest of the teeth? And they'll say, yeah, I have noticed that. About half of them will say, what is that, by the way? And, you know, the other half will say, well, is, is that an issue? And I'll say, well, it can be, you know, uh, let, let's talk about what it is. And so I get them to, to understand that they have a problem. And by the time we, we understand, by the time they understand that there's an issue, um, and like I said, most of them already know, then I just present the solution. The solution is easy. Because if I say, oh my gosh, you need my toothbrush, well then... I kind of, I kind of led with the wrong thing. I led with, you need, I've got, you know, this thing. And so they can feel a sales pitch if they say, Hey, have you ever, have you ever seen this before? And, and with gut health, it would probably be something along the lines of, uh, you know, Hey, have you, have you, are there any foods you have ever had to avoid in your life? Uh, can you not eat late? Can you not eat super early? Like, are there any things in your life that you've ever you know, had to avoid or do differently as far as gut. Uh, well, actually, you know, and 99 people out of 100 will say yes, and they'll lead themselves into the discussion. So you can't lead with the solution. You know, you want to, you want to get them to get on the train with you and kind of go along together and reach the solution together. And then it's much, much easier. And, but that's the thing though, you have to believe that that solution will help them. If I didn't believe that this ultra soft bamboo toothbrush would help with their gums and I'm just trying to make a buck and I know it won't do a bit of difference, then that's disingenuous and they're going to feel it and you're not going to get to the same destination. I love that because it really is your belief that determines your results in your life. So if I'm thinking, I truly have something that can help people, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm out on the street corner handing out pamphlets of everyone that I meet. Like, right. you know the song, you know the song um, Tiny Dancer by Elton John? Yes. 
and it says Jesus freaks out in the streets. Mm-hmm. That's what I picture when I say it mm-hmm. that way, right? It's not like I'm out there saying, this is all you need. Be saved, be saved, be saved. Take my drink, do my, mm-hmm. do my probiotics, take my stuff, right? Well, but well, when we it's a it. part of it. you, when it's, yes, we do. when it's a part of who you are and you mm-hmm. are literally just getting to know people and there's nothing you have to filter or hide about yourself to manage what people are going to think about you, then all of a sudden you just get to be your authentic self and authentically bless the people around you that need it. Yes. Well, and that's the, the thing is like you, I don't think so anyway, you didn't make a dime if anybody went and saw Top Gun. No, sure but did not. There, I wish I did because I got a lot there, of people to see it. There, yes, and that, see, and that's the thing is you told almost everyone you knew that this movie was so 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 good, and people believed you because it was just it was, you were just talking about it, and you you were honest, and it was genuine, and so you just have to you have to put that in the same category. The fact that you make a dime if they buy your drink and you don't make a dime if they see Top Gun shouldn't matter. If you love the drink, if you love Top Gun, then you can you should be able to suggest both with zero difference in inflection, tone and voice, making it weird. It should just be natural. Well, and I think this is something that people who are new to sales or network marketing in general, they struggle with that in the beginning. And I know I did too. But the day that I just decided to stop worrying about if people thought I was going to sell them something was the day when I started to be able to drop all of the pretenses. For example, I started thinking about how when I go to Target and I buy my favorite countertop spray, right? Method spray. I love that stuff. What woman doesn't? Do you guys have some under yours or you have something else? Do you use method spray? Does your wife use it? I I have no idea. You don't know what I'm talking about. I promise you, your wife would know what I'm talking about. It's the method spray from Target. Okay. And it smells really beautiful. It's a clean product, meaning no pesticides. I guarantee it's in your house or something like it, right? It's not like you're using, um, not like you're using like bleach to wipe down surfaces to get it clean. Right. You're using this, you're using this really environmentally friendly, no pesticides, no harsh chemicals to wipe down your counters. And this is a, this is a company that is well known for that. Okay. So I would tell people all the time, and I noticed this about myself. I would tell them, oh my gosh, you have to go get this spray. I love the new, I love, love the new scent. It's so pretty. Did you know they came out with one just for granite? Like I just barely found this granite version of it. And I've been using their product for probably 10 years. And they just came out with this new version of the granite spray. And I love the way it smells and you should totally go get it. And then I would notice that I would have this favorite brand of soda, Izzy's, when they first came out at Costco. Oh my gosh, you don't have them yet? You would love them. You should go get them. And I noticed how energetically... I was literally selling the things that I loved. But when it came to my network marketing business, I would feel like I had to whisper. 
Oh, oh yes. this thing. And yeah, I'm actually, um, yeah, it's just this stuff. And um, like I was timid. And yes. so if you are someone listening to this and you find that you willingly tell people about the things that you love that you aren't getting paid for, like Starbucks, Target, uh, what else? What else do I love to Nordstrom? right? Movies that you're in love with, whatever it is, face wash, toothpaste, right? All these things that we love, we don't get paid for. We just love them. So we tell people about them. And then you get timid when you talk about your network marketing company product or your small business product. What I want to ask you is why, what were you, what, what were you feeling that made and and when you identify what that feeling was, for me, it was timid, right? So what's the feeling that you feel when you're being awkward, right? Your action line would be awkward. Your feeling line would be timid or whatever emotion you're feeling like uh, embarrassment, shame. For me, it was timid. And I am not a timid person whatsoever. Like that is not even, it, there's no way. I'm the furthest from timid that you could possibly explain. But when I am timid, what I ask myself is, what thought was I thinking that made me feel timid? Because our thoughts create our feelings. So what was I thinking that made me feel timid in that moment? Well, I was thinking, I don't want them to think I'm trying to sell them something. So I felt timid. And my action from that feeling was whisper put my head down, shake off my passion and hold back what I was really thinking. And at the end of the day, I was trying to sell them something just like I'm trying to sell you the white peppermint chocolate at at Starbucks that I always get at Christmas time. (laughs) And did you know to ask for the peppermint sprinkles? Because if you don't get the peppermint sprinkles and you don't get the white hot chocolate, the regular hot chocolate, not as good. It has to be the white hot chocolate with extra whipped cream and the peppermint sprinkles. And you feel like you're actually drinking a Christmas tree, but not in the pine sappy gross way. (laughs) In the delicious holiday spirit, I'm living in a version of Elf the movie way. Well, and I think I think one thing too is you, you have to kind of flip the script a little bit. Like if my if my neighbor was a fantastic baker, like a fantastic baker, and she was sitting at a table in front of her house, right next door to me, and she had a pile of cinnamon rolls, like hot, fresh cinnamon rolls, and I loved them. What would I feel weird about giving my neighbor money for that product? Not at all. Not at all. How I many listeners them. just said yes, though? <laughs> well, that, that, but that, that's the thing is, I, if I'm giving my money to my neighbors, I don't have a problem. You know, if my, if my 15-year-old neighbor next door is a lawnmower kid, hey, I'll give you my money to mow my lawn. If my neighbor the other side is a baker and she's sitting at a table with cinnamon rolls, I'll go out there and give her a couple of bucks and get a cinnamon roll. Because boy, Donna, I just love your cinnamon rolls. I so I feel free and and open to give my neighbors money. It doesn't create this weird neighbor dynamic. Why for not? Me. Why not? 
Well, I, I, why it are just you okay with I, it? I, I, cause I, cause I trust them and I like them and I've made my money and I want to purchase things that make my life better. And why not buy the cinnamon roll from Donna rather than go down to Smith's and why not have, you know, my little, you know, Truxton, Brexton, Brixton, whoever it is next door, you know, why not have him mow my lawn than a big company who I don't know. So I, I trust these people, but when we flip it around and we're presenting, we're presenting something to our neighbors, we're presenting a service or a, a, you know, a commodity to our neighbors, all of a sudden it's not right. All of a sudden we get weird. All of a sudden it's like, oh gosh, I cannot be doing this. And it's like, wait a minute. You pay the kid next door to mow. You buy cinnamon rolls from the other gal. Like you're just flipping the script, but all of a sudden it gets super weird. So if you don't have a problem giving your neighbor money for a service or commodity, a good, then why are you assuming that they have a problem giving you money for a service or a good? And the answer to that question would be so fascinating for all of our listeners to truly answer for themselves, right? Because it's going to be different for every single person and uncovering what the answer to that question is and then being curious and explore why you believe that, why you think that, do you like your reasons for it? And if not, do you want to consider believing something different? Because that is what will change the weirdness. When you decide to believe what you want to believe and you like your reasons for it, then you get to take all of your power back. It doesn't have to be, oh, I couldn't be successful in network marketing because everybody that I talked to hated MLMs. No, it's I decided that I was going to do it differently because I am passionate about what I'm selling. And I know this is something that people need. I can change their life with it. I can help them with the struggles that they've been having for years and years and years, searching for answers, never having been able to find it. And I get to be that person that offers them that hope in their life. And when that becomes your belief and that becomes your guiding core principle for marketing and selling what you get paid to do for your company, it changes the whole ballgame. Yes, absolutely. Because then you're feeling confident and excited and not awkward and shame and embarrassment. Notice when you take energy from awkwardness, shame and embarrassment, it doesn't come out as your authentic self anyway. No. And and again, in in that situation I gave, do I look out the window and see Donna sitting at a table with cinnamon rolls and think, oh my gosh, I am so embarrassed for her. She, that is, that's just so, oh, she is so sad. I'm like, no, she's trying, she's doing her thing. Fine. You know, if my, if the kid comes over and says, Hey, can I mow your lawn for a few bucks? And I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I hope I don't run into him in church or in the store or, you know, it's, it's not you. You're like, thank you so much for mowing my lawn. Now I don't have to do it. Yes. You don't assume these things when it's you, but when you flip it around, it's it all of a sudden it's like a thousand times different. It's like a whole different universe or dimension, and it shouldn't be. Well, I know your wife mowed the lawn this morning because when I called her, she was 
just finishing up mowing the lawn at 9.30 a.m. on a Thursday. And I literally said to her, what time did you have to get up to start your day today? And she said, 5.30 every day. And I was like, oh, you're a morning person, aren't you? <laughs> she's she's up at 5.30 every day. I That's how Sean is. That's quick. how Sean is. Little story real quick. I got in trouble from a neighbor. She was she was eight and a half months pregnant with one of our kids and she was mowing the lawn. And I came home from work and a neighbor came over and berated me that I was making my wife mow our, her our lawn. They must have not known pregnant. your wife very well because she doesn't she that she does exactly not seem to I me said. as someone that would ever <laughs> allow anyone to make her do anything she didn't want to do. Nope. But yeah. And I, I told, I said, you, you don't know her. So <laughs> there's no stopping her. I couldn't like, I'd have to put the lawnmower in my truck and take it to work with me to, to get her this. to not do it. No, she would just go buy another one <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yep. Yep. Well, I really love the tips that you've offered today and things that you have found. What I liked is you pointed out how you show people something that they already know. You help them be curious and then you offer to them how whatever it is you're selling could provide a solution to all of that. And I really think that is such a beautiful way to market and sell any product. So thank you for telling us about that today. Before we go, can you tell us where we can find your amazing gut health toothpaste and toothbrushes and all of your biodegradable stuff that you have created. Oh gosh, now I'm going to get nervous. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. No. And, and like I said at the beginning, I, I honestly, it, it, it was something that, that I came to uh, when you go to your dentist, when you go to any doctor, any, anything, and you're like, Hey, you know, or your hairdresser, Hey, what shampoo do you use? You're a hairdresser. So obviously you know the best. I always so ask my to- hairdresser what to buy. Exactly. So they would come to me as a dentist, which most people have done and say, Hey, well, you know, what, what could help? Uh, I'm getting too many calories. What could help? Well, an electric toothbrush. Studies have shown that electric toothbrushes clean better than manual toothbrushes. It's just a fact. Uh, okay. Well, which one? I said, okay, well, uh, just anyone will do. Or people would say, well, what toothpaste should I use? Well, anyone will do. And what flaw? Anyway, so people, so I was sending people to other places and making other people money. And this is such a good thing back to our, 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 our discussion before is, Hey, if you, if you have a solution to someone's problem, why send them somewhere else? You know? So I was, so I was sending people other places and, and I thought, you know what? I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just, I'll just make, can I make toothpaste? And I just started, started researching and I found it's manufactured locally for anyone that has a question. I live in Utah and it is manufactured in Utah. So it's a local manufactured product. And I just put out this toothpaste and people loved it. And because it's amazing. Can I make, can I make an electric toothbrush? I mean, it's ridiculous. Some electric toothbrushes out there are 110 bucks. And it's like, was it drive me to work? Like, what is this thing doing? (laughs) You know, it's just, it's, it's, is so it gold plated? Why does exactly. it cost this much? Yeah. I, I don't need 32 brushing options on my toothbrush things. Um, so anyway, so I made an electric toothbrush and I have, um, another thing was waste, you know, every, every six months people are throwing away, you know, six, seven inches of plastic with their manual toothbrush. You just chuck it. 
right? Well, if millions upon millions of people are throwing away a plastic toothbrush every six months, that's a lot of plastic waste. And same with flossers. Flossers are being thrown away all the time. They've increased the amount of flossing that people do, but it's also increasing the plastic waste. So my toothbrushes are made of bamboo. So they can be, you can cut the bristles off, just throw away the bristles and throw the bamboo part in your compost bin or garden or whatever. The uh, flossers that I have are made of cornstarch. So they are completely biodegradable. They don't biodegrade in your mouth. That's the number one question with cornstarch <laughs> flossers. Um, they are completely biodegradable as well. Even the floss is made from cornstarch. So the whole thing on the flossers biodegrades. So anyway, Lots of environmentally friendly products, lots of healthy products. I love how you're decreasing the carbon footprint with everything that you make. Why not? If you can, why not? Mm -hmm. So, so being environmentally friendly, all natural products, the flavors in my toothpaste are from essential oils. There's no artificial anything in them. Anyway, go to explain why that's important from a gut health perspective. Cause I know we have a lot of listeners that that's important to them. And this was fascinating to me because even with all of my gut health knowledge, I never thought about how the soaps in my toothpaste were destroying my microbiome. Wow. Emily, that is a very long conversation. I'll try to sum it up really quickly. <laughs> um, the, 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 when, people, when people talk about gut health, they will talk about your gut forever. They will talk about your intestines. They will even talk about the other, you know, the the final product of gut health, you know, what you're what you're leaving in the bathroom. They will talk about, you know, looking at that kind of matter and saying, okay, well, how's my gut health? So people will pay attention to gut health from the stomach all the way through the end. And they will do everything they can to make that healthy, but they rarely, rarely pay attention to the beginning. Your mouth is the beginning of your food being broken down. Salivary amylase and all of the oral microbiome in your mouth are precursors to the digestive tract and what happens down there. It's, you know, to, to make it kind of explainable and relatable to people. I mean, it's like you have a really bad stain on a shirt where you put some, you know, spray and wash or something prior to putting it in the washing machine right? It's going to be less effective if you're just throwing it straight in. So if your mouth is doing its job, you're going to get such a good jumpstart on great digestive health. Conversely, if your mouth is completely out of whack and the bacteria loads are just, you know, enormous in, in a bad way, you're going to be swallowing bad bacteria by the millions every single time you swallow. So not only are you, are you not having benefits to your gut health? You're actually diminishing your gut health if you have bad oral health. And your breath so, is stanky. Yeah. I can't tell you how many men come into my office and I'm like, hey, you know, Hank, I haven't seen you in a couple of years. What's what? Why? He's like, my wife said she wouldn't kiss me anymore. <laughs> Happens. All the time. The mom and the kids are here every six months. Boom, 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 boom. And old Hank is only here once every three years because his wife cuts him off and <laughs> says, nope, no more. You go in and get that sink cleaned out or else. So and really, anyway, yeah. one thing that one thing that I know very simply to stay away from are foaming soaps because they typically are 
things that upset the microbiome, right? Like I wash my face with an oil cleanser Mm -hmm. that has prebiotics in it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I started using your toothpaste, it was like, OMG, I have been brushing my teeth with something that foams like soap. I literally yeah. wouldn't let soap touch my face, but I'm putting it in my mouth. And that it was such a no brainer. Like that day I threw out all the Colgate, all the crust, everything. And I, that I ordered like 16 tubes of toothpaste from you and we put it everywhere in our house, at our cabin. We have extras in our travel bags. Like I give them away as gifts to people because I love it so much. And well, it just the, makes so the, much sense. Yeah. Well, the point is that we're being tricked. We're uh, the, the, I don't know if you, you heard about that. There's a lawsuit against Skittles, right? Yes. Because, because Skittles put the, the, the uh, chemical compound titanium dioxide into their formula. And titanium dioxide is in a lot of toothpaste, a lot, a lot, a lot of toothpaste. And it's in there to make the toothpaste white because our brain says white is clean, white, it's clean, it's Mm -hmm. pure, it's good for me. My toothpaste is gray. And some people are like, oh my gosh, it's gray. I'm like, well, I can dump a bunch of chemicals in there and bleach it and make it white. Will that make you better, feel better? And they're like, oh no, don't do that. I always tell people, don't be afraid of the gray. It's the charcoal. Yeah. Well, and the, well, and the, um, the, uh, and the charcoal we have in there is, is white. It's, yeah. It's, it's white charcoal too, but it's, it's got a slight gray tint. It's not yeah. exactly white, yeah. but yes. Yeah, sodium lauryl sulfate. Look on white, your face. White is not clean. White is a color. Yes. Like even, thank you. Even thank a you. white t-shirt, the reason it fades white underwear white t-shirts, it fades because the color that they put on it fades. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this idea that things are just white is false. The number one selling toothpaste, I can't, I don't want to get in trouble, but the number one selling toothpaste in the country, Google it and then, and then, and then Google the, the, the back, the ingredients on the back and you will find sodium lauryl sulfate which is a foaming agent, which causes canker sores. Causes. Why would you put that in your stuff? You put that in your stuff because people like foam. Oh my gosh, it's foaming in my mouth. It's working. No, it's eating your gums. So sodium lauryl sulfate is a foaming agent. Titanium dioxide makes it white. I mean, there's all these, they put saccharin, they put all these artificial uh, sweeteners in there. And then you swallow it into your gut. The artificial sweeteners wreak havoc on your gut. Even so when you're spitting out your toothpaste, everyone, it's still going down the throat. You can't control it. And then Amen. it's upsetting your microbiome. You're doing all this work to be healthy. You are making all of this effort and then you're brushing your teeth with toothpaste. Okay. I feel like yes. we've said enough about this, but <laughs> so, it's yes, literally the or- best. So tell them where they can go get it if they're interested. Okay. This is not an ad, everybody. No, this is not no. an ad. Like, even if it were, it would be fine. But I just want them to know where to find you because you've been so generous with your time today. Oh, absolutely. Oral Care Club. Uh, Oralcare.club. There's no com. There's no anything. It's just oralcare.club. There are, and this is what I love about this. Where can they find you on Instagram? uh, At the Oral Care Club. 
Perfect. So the cool thing about the site is there's obviously my products on, on the front page of the site. Flossers, toothbrushes, manual and electric toothpaste. Um, but below that are also my suggestions for oral care products. I don't have a corner on the market. There are lots of other little mom and pops, dentists, hygienists out in the world that have come up with their own awesome products. Um, And they're probably nothing you've ever heard of. I'm not going to get in trouble again here by saying some of the companies, but some of the companies that you think are little mom and pop shops are not. They have been bought out by conglomerates. They are no longer that company. Don't trust it just because you think it's a small little name. Don't. You scroll down on my site and I have literally hundreds of other people's toothpaste, flossers, mouthwashes that I have looked through and like. So you don't like my stuff, get some other stuff. It's not about me making a buck. It's about helping people's oral health. And I know that sounds, you know, I love it. No, it's such an abundance mindset. It's there. And the reason why is because it's your passion, right? Yeah. One last thing is for the Emily listeners, uh, Emily 50, E-M-I-L-Y 50, 50% off any of my products. None of the other people's because, like I said, they're not. You click on them and you go to their websites. Mm -hmm. But my products, Emily 50, 50% off anything for the next 24 hours, except for the bundled stuff. I have some bundles on there that they're already deeply discounted. But for you, Emily, and your followers, Emily 50 for the next 24 hours. That is so generous. And you didn't even tell me you were going to do that. So thank Ah! you so much. That's so very kind of you. All right. Any final thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners about how to powerfully sell something that you love? Stop being in the sales mindset. Stop selling it. It's just who you are. You're not selling Starbucks. You're not selling Top Gun. You're not selling whatever frou-frou spray from Target you talked about, but I don't even know. You didn't, (laughs) you're not trying to sell those things. It's who you are. You believe in those things. You use those things. And so I would consider you less of a friend if you didn't tell me about the sprinkles and the white chocolate at Starbucks. Why did you hold that back for me? I don't know. Why did you hold that? Why wouldn't you tell me? I should have told you. Get get out of the mindset of selling. Just make it who you are. And I would think of you as less of a friend if you didn't tell me about that stuff. So just make it who you are. Stop selling people on stuff. Just talk about it in daily conversation. It's who you are. It's your life. You love it. It's helped you. And so why wouldn't you want to help others? Dr. Jim Ellis, thank you for your time today. You've blessed us and we'll see you on the gram. (laughs) Thank you, Emily. Bye-bye. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, We can work on goals and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, 
then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com. <laughs>